Hey everybody, welcome back to the New Community Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Caleb, and this week we are continuing our series, Not a Hostage, talking about how we are not a hostage to our thoughts. This is interesting because we all have thoughts all the time, and it can be hard to think that we have any control over what pops into our head. But Paul, in this book of Philippians, he talks about how we have the ability to take captive those thoughts and to instead think on things that are true and good and holy, and that Jesus has freedom for us, and we have access to that freedom right now. So take out your notes. It's going to be a good one. Here's Pastor Aaron. Well, good morning, NCC. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each of you here. And if you're new to NCC, maybe you're watching online for the first time. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we would love the opportunity to get to know a little bit about you. And so there's a simple way to do that. If you've not connected with us, maybe you've been coming for a few weeks. Um, If you'll text NCC New to that number that you see right there on the screen, It'll give you a few prompts, and it's a chance for us to get to know a little bit about your name and if there's any way we can help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. So I want to encourage you, if you've not done that yet, take a moment, um, connect with us. We want to know a little bit more about you and help you grow. And before I jump into the message, there's one other thing that I want to share with you. Um, Here at NCC during this season, the holiday season, we're practicing generosity, and we're doing that through the giving store. And so we're partnering like we've done in years past, but now we're doing it all online with a number of partners around the area. And when Pastor Alita came to me and said, hey, we've got the website set up. I want you to go look at this. Um, I spent quite a bit of time scrolling through. And I went home to Sarah and I was like, we got to do this one and this one and this one and this one. Matter of fact, we got to do something for all of these because they just pulled at my heart. And so on Thursday night, we sat down with our family and I mirrored my phone and put it on the TV And with our kids, we went through and we chose something from each of these organizations. And we talked with them about the need, and some of them match what we do at Christmas anyway. We do Christmas pajamas for everyone in our family, and one of the needs is Christmas pajamas, so we added that to the cart. And we started talking about homeless students here in Mesquite, and our friends that are homeless in Dallas, and girls that have been rescued from sex trafficking, and talking with our kids about, hey, we serve such a generous God we want to reflect that this holiday season. So just want to encourage you, if you've not done that yet, you can make this a family thing. That's what we did is we were able to encourage our kids, hey, this is what God's done for us. And so we want to reflect this to others. So want to encourage you, go to the website um, either today or this week, go online, look at some of those. Maybe you can't do a lot. Maybe there's only one, but I promise you, you can do something. And that little something that you give is going to make a world of difference for people that are in need this holiday season. So I want to challenge you in that um, this week that you would make that a priority. Now, we are in our third week of this series called Not a Hostage. And if you've not been here with us the previous weeks, we're walking through the book of Philippians. And week one, we talked about not a hostage to fear. Last week, we talked about not a hostage to pride. And this week, we're talking about we are not a hostage to your thoughts to the thoughts that we have. They don't hold us hostage. And so if you're taking notes, you can take a moment, write that down. 
If you have the NCC app, you can open that up and follow along with the scriptures and the notes right there in the NCC app. But we're not a hostage to our thoughts. Now, as we've walked through the book, um, if you want to kind of go deeper in the background, you can go back to week one. But just two quick things. This whole origin story starts in Acts chapter 16. We find out how the church in Philippi got started. And Paul, who's writing this letter, the letter to the Philippians, this book that we're walking through, um, kind of his background story, we get that in the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 16, we see this. And then the other thing is, a number of years later, when Paul is writing this letter, he is in prison. So most likely in Rome, he is in a jail cell. He's imprisoned, and yet this theme keeps coming up of, church, there's freedom in Christ. You're not a hostage, church. God has brought liberty inside of your life, and so this is how you are called to live. So Paul, even from this prison cell, continues to kind of bring this theme up that God has brought freedom in our life, and we're called to live differently because of that. So we are not a hostage to our thoughts. Now, about 10 years ago, I've mentioned this at different times, I was a young adult pastor at a church called Oaks Church in Red Oak, Texas. And we were always looking for ways to partner with um, organizations in the community and around the world. And we had about a three or four year partnership at that time with an organization called Bloodwater. And they brought clean medical help to um, Kenya, to the country of Kenya and Africa, and also clean water wells. And we had raised quite a few um, dollars to provide clean wells in Africa. And as part of that, there were a group of young adults that would ride across the United States on a bike, all the way from California, the ocean, all the way to the East Coast. I think they ended somewhere in Maryland. On the East Coast, they would bike across the United States. Some of our young adults from our ministry would do this from time to time. And so as they came across and they got here to Dallas, we did kind of a three-day event, did some fun stuff, raised money, raised awareness. And on Monday morning, we got up, we prayed over the group. And once again, some of our young adults were there and they headed off. About an hour or two later, I get a phone call and Crystal, one of the girls from our young adult group, she had been in an accident. And they called and said, hey, Pastor Aaron, Crystal got in an accident. It's not too bad. It doesn't seem too bad, but she was riding her bike kind of on the shoulder and a car got too close and she panicked and she flipped her bike over. And so there was a support van that went all the way across the United States with them and was right there. And so they were able to take her. She was a nurse. And so they took her to the hospital that she was um, a nurse at right here in Dallas to, to look after her. On the van ride over, Crystal, after she had been sitting in the van for a few moments, looked at one of her friends and said, what am I doing riding in a van? And they're like, Crystal, you just got in a bike accident. And she's like, how did it happen? And so they tell her, you know, a car got too close to you, you panicked, you flipped your bike. It seems like you're okay, but we're taking you to the hospital. And she's like, okay, good. And then about three minutes later, she looks at her friend again and says, why am I riding in a van? And the girl's like, I just told you, you got in a bike accident. How did it happen? And so they explain, I just explained this to you. For 25 minutes while they're going to the hospital, this happens over and over and over again. Now, thankfully, they get her to the hospital. It's just a mild concussion, nothing long-term. But when she got back, this became a running joke. It wasn't funny in the moment, but afterwards, it was kind of comical because she was just trapped in this cycle. And no matter how many times we explained it to her, she could not retain that information that she had been in a bike accident. And, and so it kind of became this joke. As I was thinking about what Paul's talking about, I thought so many of us are living our lives like that and we don't even recognize it, church. We're caught in this pattern of thinking 
and we don't know something is wrong. And we keep going over and over in these same cycles of frustration, depression, anxiety, impure thoughts, maybe wrong thought patterns about God. We're trapped in these mindsets and we don't even understand something is wrong. And Paul in the book of Philippians is encouraging the church. God is telling you there, you're not a hostage to your thoughts. There is a freedom that comes in Christ. There's a freedom in your mind that Christ has brought. And so there is a different way that you as followers of Christ are called to think you're not meant to be trapped in these cycles in your life. And so if you have your Bibles, I want us to look at Philippians chapter 4 today. And we're going to start reading at verse 4. And just like we've done, we're going to hit a few of these verses as Paul is kind of concluding his letter to the Philippian church, to the church there in the city of Philippi. He's encouraging them about the way that they're thinking. And this is how he starts in this section right here. Philippians 4, 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, I've read this, and as I was thinking through this verse, I'm thinking, Paul's in a prison cell. Trying to get this in my mind. Paul's in a prison cell. And if anyone had a reason to be depressed frustrated, hopeless, feeling in prison. It is Paul, but he doesn't. He writes this letter to the church and he's saying, if I could tell you one thing, it would be this, rejoice in every situation and whatever you're going through. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let there be joy in your life. This pattern of thinking of joy being present in you. And then what else? Don't be anxious. No matter what you're going through, no matter the situation, by prayer and petition, present your request to God. Paul is saying it's prayer and praise that is the door to freedom in your thoughts. I want you to hear that, church. It is prayer and praise that is the door to freedom in your thoughts. When you find yourself as a hostage in your thoughts, when you find yourself as a hostage in negative thoughts, Paul is saying, stop, begin to pray. Begin to praise God. Give thanks unto God. Begin to rejoice in the goodness of God, no matter your situation, because that's what brings freedom inside of your life. And so Paul is challenging them. How does he write this from a prison cell? I've mentioned this the past few weeks, but when you know the origin story in Acts chapter 16, you understand why Paul writes this. Because he's in the city of Philippi. Once again, this is um, a few years, a number of years before he's writing this letter. And how the church starts is Paul and a friend of his named Silas are thrown in prison. In the city of Philippi, they get there, they're ministering, they're sharing the gospel, they're thrown in prison. And in the middle of the night, the Bible says at midnight, they're locked up in chains and shackles and they begin to sing praises to God. And when they do that, an earthquake comes and the chains are released, the prison door flies open, there is freedom right there in the cell and they, they begin to minister to the people around them. So that's why Paul can write this because he understands the power of praise. He understands what praise does and what prayer does to bring freedom to the situations in your life. He was in a prison cell, and because he started praising God, there was freedom in his life. God brought freedom to the situation that he was in. We need to be reminded of that, that what you're going through, it is prayer and it is praise that will bring freedom to your life. The victory that you're searching for, the victory that you want in your life, 
It comes through prayer and through praise when you start to focus in on God, when you start to realize that it is God who brings that. When you stop focusing in on the impossible situation and you start focusing in on the God who can do the impossible, you see the perspective, you see the situation totally different. It is prayer and praise that brings freedom in your life. That's what Paul's reminding the church. This is where your thoughts should go. You're rejoicing in God. You're praising God. You're declaring the goodness of God. God, you are my provider. God, you're the one who takes care of me. God, you're in control in this situation where I don't know the way out, God. You know the way out. You see it all. You begin to praise God. You begin to pray. That's what Paul is saying we should do because it brings freedom inside of our life, freedom to our thoughts. I was listening um, to a message. This is a number of years ago from my pastor, Scott Wilson, at the Oaks. And he was talking about our negative thoughts. And he said this, he said, whenever you have a negative thought in your mind, it's an alarm clock going off to stop and pray. So students, you're sitting in that class and you start to panic or worry. Now, I don't know what your alarm sounds like. That's what mine sounds like on the phone, right? Or adults, you're in your workplace and you're starting to get worried about a project that you have. That's what it is. It's an alarm. It's saying, stop. Stop what you're doing right now. Begin to pray. Begin to praise God. Begin to focus your thoughts back on God because everything around you wants to hold you hostage. It wants to trap you. It wants to ensnare you. And Paul is reminding us if we will praise God, if we will pray in that situation that we are in, that it brings freedom to our life, a freedom to our thoughts. So it's that alarm. Stop what you're doing and begin to praise God. And so I talked about this last week. Well, how do we know when we're a hostage to pride? And this week, I wanna give you just two examples. How do we know that we're a hostage to our thoughts? It's sometimes hard to tell because we're in our own mind and we're trapped in this, right? Like we're we're always there wherever we are. And so it's hard to kind of separate ourselves. But if you can, here are two things that you may need to take notice of in your life that this is happening It's when you begin to obsess about the same things over and over and over and over again. And you can't break that thought pattern. It keeps coming back up. You wake up in the morning and it's there. You get to work and it's there. You get to school and it's there. You're hanging out with friends and it's there. You begin to obsess about it over and over and over and over again. Anxious thoughts. But it's not just anxious thoughts. What about these thoughts that continually come up in our mind that we obsess over? Why did that person get that? Why did they get picked for the sports team? Or why did they get first chair in band? Why did they, I should have gotten that. Jealousy, why does my neighbor have a new car? I work harder than they do. Like, why did they get that? Or why did did that family member get that promotion? Man, I should have gotten that promotion. Like, God, I should be the one at my job getting a promotion. I'm a better um, steward of my money than they, right? We begin to obsess over jealous thoughts. I want what they have and we can't break it. You're a hostage to your mind in that moment. You're a hostage to your thoughts in that moment. What about impure thoughts? Some of us have put things in our past in front of our eyes, in front of our mind, things that we should have never seen, and you're sitting in just random moments and those things will pop back up. And you can't get rid of them, it seems like at times, and you can become a hostage to your thoughts in those moments. You can become a hostage to those thought patterns. What about wrong thought patterns about God? I guess he's left me. I guess I'm abandoned. I guess I'm alone. 
He doesn't care about me or he would do something about the situation that I'm in. And we get trapped in these wrongful thought patterns about God. When you're obsessing about those, it's just staying there and it keeps coming back and keeps coming back and you can't shake it. You are a hostage in that moment to your thoughts. That's a sign that, God, something's wrong in the way that I'm thinking here. Here's another one. Your thoughts are leading you instead of you leading them. Now, maybe someone's never told you this. You can determine what you think, okay? Just stop for a second. Your mind doesn't just trail off. Now, I know it does at times, right? You're thinking about what you want for lunch, and somehow you end up on a vacation seven years ago. I don't know if any of you guys do that. And then I start tracing backwards like, okay, I thought about that and then that and that and that got me there, right? But we don't wanna live our lives in a way where our thoughts are just leading us, where we're just randomly, our minds going wherever. Everyone wants to tell you what to think. Commercials wanna tell you what to buy, okay? This is the best product, you should think that, right? Um, Radio, TV, they wanna tell you what to watch and how to act and they wanna influence your behavior. Social media wants to tell you how to spend your time. Just keep scrolling and clicking, right? Just keep scrolling and clicking. Like there's all of these things that wanna influence our thoughts. And yet we have to understand, we don't wanna just be led randomly wherever our minds may go. We wanna control our thoughts. And that's what Paul is saying here, that there needs to be that focus in our mind. And it is a signal we're hostage to our mind when our mind is just leading us wherever and we feel like, well, I can't control it. Paul's saying, no, there's a different way that you are called to think. So what do you do in those moments? When you're a hostage to your thoughts, you stop and you begin to pray. When those anxious thoughts are coming, when jealous thoughts are coming, when impure thoughts are coming, you stop and you begin to give praise to God. There's another thing that Paul challenges us with, and it's this right here. Your thoughts are either the key to your freedom or they are the chains to your prison. They are either the key to your freedom or they are the chains to your prison. If you still have your Bibles open, Philippians chapter four, verse eight says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there is anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's where your mind should go not just randomly wherever, not full of fear, anxious, or anxiety, or depression. No, your mind should go where? On things that are true, and he goes down this list, right, pure. That's where your thoughts should be. And once again, as I'm thinking about Paul in that prison, I'm thinking, how did he do that? Like, what's going on there? He had so many reasons to think this is horrible. I'm never gonna get out of this. Why am I in prison? I can't do anything. God, I can't preach your gospel. I can't share about you anymore. I'm stuck in a jail cell, God. This is my ministry ending. This is my purpose here on this earth. It's ending right here because I'm in prison. But that's not what he does. He begins to think about what's true and what's right and what's pure. That's where his thought goes. And he's challenging the church. Your thoughts are either the key to your freedom or they are the chains to your prison. Some of us, we are a hostage to our thoughts. I want you to just get this picture here in your mind. This is how some of us are living our life. We're chained up like this. Can you imagine trying to drive your car when your hands are chained like this? Or cook some food, or work at whatever your job is, or type an email. It becomes very constrictive to do this over and over again, and yet this is how some of us are living, chained up. Your thoughts have you as a hostage. 
But Paul is saying that's not how we're called to live. That's not who we are. It's not negative thoughts like limiting us, but his thoughts were actually a key. They were that key to the door in the prison cell where he said, hey, I'm not stuck anymore. My thoughts are the key. Remember what we talked about week one, your prison serves a purpose. Negative thoughts would have told Paul, yeah, your ministry's done. You can't share the gospel with anyone else. Paul thinking about what's true is in that prison cell. And he says, hey, everyone around me knows that I'm here for Christ. Everyone around me knows that I'm here because of the gospel and because of my love for Christ. He begins to speak that out. He begins to do that. Why? Because his thoughts are on what's true. God, you're with me in this moment. What's right? God, you've given me a purpose, even in my prison, even right where I'm at. It's this challenge in his life. You and I have that same opportunity. Are your thoughts holding you hostage? Or are they the key, even in difficult situations, to say, God, you have brought freedom to my life. God, there's something that you're doing even in the midst of this difficulty. Your thoughts are either that prison or their freedom in what is going on around you. And we need to understand that. A number of years ago, our staff was at a conference and we had the opportunity to hear a a lady named Dr. Caroline Leaf speak. And she's a neuroscientist who studies the plasticity of the brain and how we can grow new brain cells and how our minds, like our actual thought patterns, impact the physical makeup of our brain. And I wanna share with you because she shared this tip of the day about toxic thoughts. And this is what happens when negative thoughts begin to take over in our mind. And so watch this right here. So stop and think about that. 14,000, I think it was, responses that are going on as negative thoughts come into your mind. Now, you probably don't think about that, but there's all of these things that are happening. If you've ever watched a horror movie, right? And in that moment of panic, they don't run to the car to drive away. Where do they run? The basement door, right? Where they're going to get trapped in that moment. And you're like, why just think? I think there's a Geico commercial about that, right? Like, stop and think. Why would we do that? But your brain literally can't. Because you have those negative thoughts in your mind, your brain is shutting down. And if you heard what she said, memory starts, you start to lose that memory function. There are synapses in your brains that are supposed to fire that begin to become disconnected. Through negative thoughts, the chemical makeup of your brain is changed. But what she said, you're not a victim to that. And as you begin to change the way that you think and you focus on different things, you focus on things that are positive, what Paul is talking about here, you increase 
the makeup of your brain, the physical structure of your brain is changed. Scientists are understanding this by the thought patterns that we have whenever we think about things that are good, that are right, that are true. Our brain is rewired in a way that helps it function better. Now, Paul was not a neuroscientist, right? He didn't have all of the data. He didn't study brain waves. But even thousands of years ago, he understood this. Hey, what you think matters. As you're walking through your day, those thought patterns, they impact you and they influence you. And so he is saying, this is what you should be thinking about. This is where your mind should be going. This is where your thought patterns should be. Focus your mind on the right things. And so church, I wanna challenge you. You have to take control of that. You have to take control of your mind and choose what it is that you're going to think about. And that's what Paul is challenging them. One more thing that I wanna give you. It's this right here. Peace isn't a prison, it's the bouncer. And that's the image that I got as I read Philippians chapter four, verse seven and verse nine. And this is what it says. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, get this, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then skip down to verse nine. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Do this and the God of peace will be with you. And I got that image. So many of us are a hostage. We're trapped in that prison cell. And God said, I've given you my peace. And it's that bouncer. If you picture that, that big guy standing outside of the club. And it's blocking negative thoughts from getting in. And Paul's saying, how do you do that? You just put into practice what I've told you. You pray. You praise God. Right? You focus your mind in on what is true, what is pure, what is right, what is love. All of those things, put this into practice. And the God of peace, he's gonna be with you. Peace is gonna guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This is what Paul is telling them that they need to do. In a book that I'm reading, Renovated, this author speaks about this. And he said, the sign of spiritual maturity and emotional maturity is this. It's that the peace of God, which guards our heart and our mind, is immediately tied into Jesus Christ and Jesus is with us in every moment. That spiritual and emotional maturity is where we're in the hard situation and we realize, Jesus, you're here and you're my peace. You're walking through this with me. What Pastor Alita said, we're walking through the fire through those difficult moments and we have a God that is with us in those moments. That's what brings that peace in our life. That's what lets us know, hey, we're maturing, we're growing up because our thoughts are now focused in on Christ. You're with me in this moment. God, you have not abandoned me and it begins to guard our heart and our mind. Whenever we were in Bible college together, Sarah and I, she shared with me a class that she was taking. It was called Psych of Selfhood. She started off as a psychology major and then quickly found out that was not for her. But in that class, we took away this one tip. And man, I, it's just stuck with me all of these years later, 20 some years later. And the professor said, all of your thoughts are not yours. There's an enemy. There's a real enemy in the world that's trying to influence your thoughts. There is the spirit of God who wants to influence your thoughts. And then there's just, us as humans, we have thoughts. And he said this, class, I want you to remember this. Your mind is like an airport. And there are thoughts like airplanes circling it. Not every airplane needs to land. You're the control tower. Not every airplane needs to land. There are some thoughts that want to get into your mind that you're like, nope, don't want anything to do with that. 
That's not pure. That's not true. That's not lovely. Not letting that one land. And there are thoughts in those difficult moments where God's spirit is saying, hey, peace, I'm with you. I've not left you. And you're like, I'm gonna let that thought in. That's a good thought, God. I need that right now. See, that's how we become a church that is not a hostage to our thoughts, but where we're allowing God's spirit to influence us. What Paul is saying is you may be in a prison, you may literally be in a prison, and yet there is a freedom that comes in Christ. And you've been called to think differently, to shape your thoughts differently, to control those thoughts, to see what God is doing and to have the peace of God present in your life. And I wanna pray for you. I'm gonna ask if you would maybe take a moment and just bow your head and close your eyes to reflect on these verses that we've just read. And maybe something that I said, it really hit home. Like you're feeling that of, man, God, my thoughts have been getting away from me. There are others of you in this room that you've never really spent time thinking about God, or maybe currently he's not a part of your life. And you're trying to figure it out on your own in your thoughts, you're trying to fix it on your own. And we quickly realize, yeah, we can't measure up. And we tend to make a mess of our life when we do that. And this morning, this simple message is to remind you that although we can't fix it on our own, God has come. And that's the beauty of the gospel. Jesus came and gave his life so that you can have freedom, so that you're not a prisoner or not a hostage, even to your own thoughts. And so he came and died on the cross and was resurrected again so that we could be restored back into right relationship with God. And if that's you, if you're saying, Aaron, that's me, man, I'm a hostage to my thoughts and I don't have that relationship with God, but I do want that. I need that in my life. I see that this morning. I wanna pray for you. And I'm gonna lead us in a prayer and I'm gonna ask, whether you're saying this for the first time or whether you've said this many times before, let's pray this out loud together. Jesus, I come to you and I realize I need you. I'm a hostage and I'm asking for your freedom. So forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Be the savior of my life. Give me a brand new start. And I pray this in your name, amen. Church, can we just put our hands together and celebrate for anyone that may have prayed that? I believe that, that God brings a freedom in our life. And I want us to respond two other ways this morning. I wanna give you a simple thought exercise that may help you as you go into your week. And then we're gonna pray one more prayer together. And this is the thought exercise. We're gonna do this this morning, okay? And I believe this will help you as you're facing these situations. So let's say you're going through your week, maybe this week, and it's a conversation with a family member over a holiday meal, and you're like, this is just stressful. <laughs> this is frustrating. Or maybe something at work, a project that you have that seems overwhelming. Students, it may be a broken relationship with a friend, and you're like, I don't know how this is gonna work out. Here's what I want you to do. It's just for the first five seconds, Acknowledge that negative thought. Hey, God, I'm feeling anxious. So right now, maybe you could think of something this past week. Maybe you're kind of dreading something coming up this week. Just five seconds. God, this is what I feel like. I'm jealous of that person. They have something that I want. God, this is jealousy. Or God, I feel like you've abandoned me. Five seconds, you just think about that. 
And then this is what I want you to do. Just pause. Take a few deep breaths in. So we're going to do that right now. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. And then I want you to take about 30 seconds. And I just want you to think about what's true. God, you've not abandoned me. God, you've called me to love difficult people, even when it's hard. Think about what's right. God, I don't need someone else's possessions or their position. You take care of me, God. You've given me all that I need, Lord. You just start letting your mind focus on Jesus. You are my provider, God. You're my peace. In the midst of angry holiday conversations, you're my peace, God. I'm gonna think about you. You're good and you're compassionate. It's who you are, Lord. You're generous. I start thinking about what's excellent and what's praiseworthy. I focus my mind on Jesus. And you can do this, church. You don't have to stand up on your desk and tell everyone, okay, stop, I'm about to pray. Or I'm about to sing a praise song. But just in your mind and your heart, students, when you're walking down the hall in between classes, God, I recognize you're here in this moment. You're with me. God, you're what's true and you're what's right. I can think about you, Lord. I don't have to be overwhelmed by negative thoughts, God. Church, that's how we're called to live. And so I wanna pray one more prayer. And this time, we do every week, I'm gonna ask that you not just listen to my words, but would you just have a conversation with God? You don't have to say anything special. There's no special formula. If you're like, I don't know how to pray, just talk to God about what you're feeling. Ask him to help you with your thought life, that you would think about things that are true and right and not be overwhelmed by anxious or negative thoughts. Let's pray together, church. Lord, I just thank you for this simple reminder. This is something so practical, but something that we need, God. We can become a hostage and imprisoned, Lord, by our own minds and our thoughts, and yet you've called us to freedom. You've given us a new way to live. And so I pray that over each one of us as a church, Lord, help us to God retrain and take control of the way that we think, Lord. God, don't let fear come into our life. Don't let anxious thoughts or depression or any of those things take us hostage, Lord. But we wanna be the kind of church that's living in freedom, God, that realizes you're here with us in this moment, God. Lord, we wanna think about what is true and what is right. And so I pray be with us this week, Lord. Help us to live in that kind of way, God, in your freedom, in our thought life. And we pray this in your name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. As you go throughout your week, remember this thought exercise. When you're having negative thoughts, allow yourself just a couple seconds to think about it, acknowledge that thought, then take three deep breaths in and out. Do it slowly. And then take 30 seconds and think about what is good, what is true, what is pure, and think about Jesus. And let's realign our thoughts with the Lord. Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new, and we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co.